When I think back on it, I take pride in the fact that relatively young men, we were able to look at what it was in 2000 and get a hundred guys going in the same direction, get back there and win it the next year. To, to me, that's one of the things that really is significant is to get that many people on the same page and get going from everybody moving to one goal, putting in the time and the effort off season and everything that's required. That, that to me is acceptable. Welcome to Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Championship Grizzlies. I'm Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Missoula and our Grizz Greats series, presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications and First Security Bank. Get started, John Edwards, Johnny Montana, the quarterback from Billings, who led Montana to that 2001 National Championship. Edwards, a multiple-year starter at Montana, threw for 6,704 yards and 46 touchdowns, ran for 16 more, and he was 48-9 during his four-year career from 1999 to 2002 27 and 4 as the starting quarterback and as a junior he led montana all the way to its second division one national championship this podcast series a 20-part podcast series chronicling that 20th anniversary which also happens to be the last time montana won a division one double a and or fcs national championship thanks so much to john edwards for joining us without further ado the debut of our third iteration of grizz greats grizz greats the 20th anniversary of the 2001 national champions It seems like just yesterday and a lifetime ago that the University of Montana last claimed a football national championship. 20 years ago, the Grizz rolled to their second national title in seven years behind a Montana-made roster featuring some of the most memorable figures in the history of the Grizz. While much has changed with the Montana program and much has changed about Missoula, the one thing that hasn't changed is the trust folks around Montana can have in First Security Bank. First Security Bank has long been one of the fiercest supporters of the University of Montana and its awesome sports teams. And First Security Bank is proud to support Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Champions, a 20-part podcast series with interviews and memories from that unforgettable run by the Grizz two decades ago. First Security Bank, proud supporters, ESPN Missoula and the Grizz Greats podcast series. Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champion Grizzlies continues. And this episode, an awesome guest. Johnny Montana, a guy that was known all around the Treasure State for a long time after being the quarterback to lead the Montana Grizzlies to the 2001 National Championship. John, we appreciate the time. We're so happy to have you. How are you? Uh, Coulter, my, my pleasure. Uh, things are, are well, and uh, it's it's hard to believe that 20 years has gone by. And uh, although, uh, although time does fly, it reminds you of, uh, you know, I've got a little girl who's 14 now, and uh, boy, that's about to be 12, and and life moves pretty quickly. There's there's no question. So hard to believe it's been 20 years. Well, I know that you've joined us on Nuana's now my daily radio show on 102.9 ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television before, but good catching up with you again. Well, let's start with the here and now before we get into some memories. Give people an update. Where's John Edwards at? What are you up to? Uh, I'm a practicing attorney down in, in Billings, my hometown. So uh, I've... Uh, my my wife Hollis, who is a uh, was a UM cheerleader and uh, and uh, rodeo team member, um, we've got uh, got our two kids. I practice law down here with my with my dad and my brother, and uh, we've got uh, well, you know a couple other businesses, uh, FBO at the airport here in Billings that keeps us all busy, and you know, our our lives are pretty much revolved around uh kids sports and cross country and baseball and football and all that jazz and uh yeah it's 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 crazy it's it's moved very very fast that's the thing you realize and learn to appreciate as you get older too when you realize and you have your own kids and all of a sudden you're driving them everywhere every weekend and there's not a single spare moment on the schedule because you're always on the road always taking kids to practice picking them up all that kind of stuff uh but it, it is a good uh, affirmation for you know what our parents did for us as well so let's start there when did you first know that you had a deep passion for football because i know your dad's always been into football as well and obviously billings growing up there a big football town uh, but what are some of your early football memories well, it's funny you bring that up, and you're right. You know, just I can't wait for my daughter to get a driver's license to 
help free up, uh, particularly your mother does, but uh, free up some of the stuff that she has to drive around and do. But um, so my, my little man is uh, is currently 11, and so we're in the, the last years of little guy football before he goes to middle school. So uh, I think back to the days of uh, I was telling him that your dad was an orange stripe. I was to the weight when I was a, a little kid like that that I, I didn't get to carry the football uh, some of those years because I was too heavy. But uh, he doesn't have that problem, and uh, I have to say it began then. I mean, we you know, we were a – uh, my brother and, and I were football kids from the very beginning, and uh, you know we had made made up goalposts in the yard and all that kind of jazz from uh, the very beginning. So it's fun to see him going through the same stuff and uh, you know having the same passion for it. And uh, you can remember those days, even God, those are 35 years ago now. It's um, it's crazy. Well, let's talk about your days in high school. A Billings West graduate. Uh, what do you remember about the program back then? Because uh, Paul Klebo, a legend in, in Montana high school football, and, and he had first established Billings West as, an, as a, a program to be reckoned with, particularly there in the, in the 90s and in, into the late 90s. So what do you remember about the Billings West program, maybe how it prepared you for your time at Montana? You know, I really I, – I always have to give Coach Klebo um, a, a lot of credit. He – when I was, uh, I didn't play quarterback until uh, I was a, a freshman in high school. Uh, I played running back, and and he he picked me out of my eighth grade uh, year and took me to passing camp down at uh, Colorado State with um, uh, with the the seniors and everybody else that year. And as a freshman, I, I played JV, and he made the decision uh, when I was a sophomore to start me on on varsity, and it was a uh, you know, pretty unpopular decision uh, for for many reasons, and the fact that I was very green and not very good, and had a absolutely brutal um, sophomore year as the starting quarterback for West. I think we won two games, uh, but you know, he had confidence in me and, and a lot of belief in me. And uh, junior year, we. Uh, made it to the playoffs, and then our senior year was uh, Billings West's first state championship in, in its in its history, and they've won a, a lot since. And uh, I, you know, I I don't know what it was that he saw that, uh, but he you know he gave me the confidence and gave me the ability to to learn on the run and uh, you know learn the only way you can learn how to play the game, and that's that's getting reps under center and. And uh, it, it paid off, and I'm certainly glad it paid off because I, I know he probably took a lot of flack for it. So um, it's uh, it's still great to, to watch him. I've, I've got, uh, you know, now my my buddy's kids are playing for West, uh, Riley Bergeson, and, uh, you know, the, he's uh, he's going to go to Navy. Uh, he committed to Navy. And, and so it's cool to, you know, kind of come back full circle where you have you know, you really want to watch these kids and then get back involved in the in the program. So it's uh, it's been a fun ride. Learning how to win at a young age, I think that can impact your life in a positive fashion for the duration of your life. How much do you think that influenced you? You know, not only being sort of on the ground floor of the build and, and like you say, the first state championship in Billings West history, but also just experiencing that success before you came to the University of Montana. Yeah, I think it, I think it was a big deal. You know, and and. Uh, and, and to be prepared for it and, and not get overwhelmed with it. Um, you know, and that was something that clearly the university of Montana uh, already had established and, and growing up watching Dave Dickinson and, and those guys uh, get to the level that they did and handle it the way they did, you know, that was expected of that program. And, and one of the reasons why uh, clearly why you, why I wanted to go there and why everybody else wanted to go there then. And, and that was, you knew you were going to have an opportunity to compete for a national championship. And, uh, and, and it, that was expected of you. And, uh, things have obviously changed over the years. There's a, uh, there's a lot more level in the, in the big sky conference and, in um, you know, FCS in general, but, um, it, it did prepare you to go in there and, and know what's expected of you. I mean, we, we expected to win a state championship uh, our senior year. And then when you go to the university, we expected to, to win a national championship. And we obviously, we were in 2000, we were really close um, and uh, had to go back and battle uh, again through a, a, another 16 game schedule the next year and, and a one to, to get there. But uh, it, it did prepare us to, 
uh, you know, treat every every year like you had a chance, and to prepare the way you need to prepare in the off season and, and everything else to to make sure that you're mentally and physically ready to to do such. I'm sure there was some guys on that West team that they went on to play at a higher level as well. But who were some of your teammates when you were in high school? Uh, well, I, I, I played against a number of them. Went to uh, went to Bozeman. Pat Karahassan uh, was a was a you know a wide receiver at, at West, and, and Pat went on to to be a, a great Bobcat and uh, Ryan Henning and uh, guys like that, that that played over in Bozeman. Uh, some some younger players from Billings. Um, you know, made a huge impact when, uh, unfortunately, I had the uh, distinct uh, dishonor of losing to the, the Bobcats my senior year in, in 02 um, with a, a pretty a pretty poor performance uh, in, in Missoula. But uh, so, so, you know, losing to your, your buddies like that uh, and, uh, and being the fact that we had, you know, some kind of different experiences it uh, was uh, you know, hard, to, hard to take, but at the same time, uh, you know, you, you knew the kind of caliber and talent that uh, that those guys had, and uh, clearly it, it paid off for for the Bobcats as as they kind of started their resurgence uh, then with uh, Travis Lule and, and all of that. But um, yeah, it, it was a great experience, you know, getting to compete against them. But at the same time, it was fun after the games to, uh, you know, they're they're still your buddies and. and uh, and we relished in that. Take us through when you first started getting recruited by Montana. Do you remember which coach was your initial recruiter? And, and every kid in, growing up in Montana, particularly then, because the Grizz had you know just come off of back-to-back national championship games and had a national championship just a few years earlier. What do you remember about the experience of getting recruited? Because that's sort of a dream come true for, for anybody that grows up in Montana. Well, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, and like I told you, you know, the, you know watching Dave Dickinson and watching them uh, – you know, compete at the level they did, and and we would go and uh, attend playoff games and so on and so forth. And that whole scene in Missoula, uh, Coach Lanny Robinson was one of my uh, coaches uh, that that recruited me, um, and uh, Coach Dennehy was uh, was the head coach at the time, and and uh, it was uh, it, it was awesome. It was everything you, you wanted uh, to to think you were going to have an opportunity to to go there and be in that program and, and uh, play in that stadium and, and feel that atmosphere to me, you know, once I, once I went over there and, and watched a couple of those games, there was just no question what I wanted to, uh, that I wanted to be there and wanted to, to participate and, and just even get the opportunity to, to get on the field. I remember as a, as a freshman, uh, you know, I, I came there with Nick Walker, who was a, another really good quarterback from Montana here. And the two of us were, were battling for, for opportunity to play. And I mean, you know, I, I didn't care if it had to be on kickoff or kick return or whatever. You just wanted the, the chance to get on there and, and fortunate to, you know, for me, the way things worked out and, and had the opportunity to, to end up starting and, and much less, you know, having the success that we, we ended up having. But um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it was, it was a, you know, a Montana kid's dream. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. When you first joined the Grizzlies, what do you remember about the experience of redshirting? And, and were there guys that brought you in or, or sort of showed you the ropes or, or gave you your lumps? I know a lot of times when you're initially in a college football program, it's sort of an acclimation process and it takes mentorship from guys ahead of you and all that sort of stuff. But what do you remember about you know your, your redshirt year and just your first year on campus? You know, I, I was really fortunate in the fact that I had uh, two really close friends that were, were on the team that were a year older than me. Uh, Casey Ryan and, and Matt Thusen were two guys that um, that played at West with me and that, that I was am and, and was very close to. So, um, you know, that helped me from an aspect that, you know, immediately uh, knowing some guys on the team and knowing what to expect was, was super beneficial for me. Um, and, and that doesn't change the fact that there were still guys that, 
you know, if you come from, from Billings West, Coach Coghill liked to call it uh, hot tub high, uh, was uh, that, that all the guys from Billings West were, were soft. So um, we uh, th- there was still that stuff, and, I mean, good jabbing back and forth and, and what have you. But, um, but I, I still, you know, guys like Eric Bueller, that uh, they, uh, they like to – they like to, you know, when you're on scout team and stuff like that, uh, tease you. But it was all in good fun, and and you know, there there was just such a strong commitment to that program that uh, I mean, people were jabbing back and forth. There's no question, but but at no time did you feel uh, that that you weren't part of the team or anything like that. And I think you you have to have that, and that obviously was instilled in that program from the success they had from from '95 on. What would you say was just the culture of the Grizzlies during the McDenahy era, and then how did that change when Denny went to Utah State and Joe Glenn came in? Um, you know, I, I don't think I, I, the culture uh, to me to me was the same. I mean, it, it really was. It was always that you were expected to win, and and you know, we just for for whatever reason there was no panic uh, among that team. Um, you know, going back and and we didn't we had some success you know, my, my first couple of years when, with, uh, Ayat and, uh, and, and we, we got kicked out of the, the playoffs, but th- there was just always a level of ex- expectation that, that you, you know, you're here to win and, and we're, we're supposed to win. And, and I think that that helped people when, you know, when we got in situations where, um, you know, we needed to make a big play, it just, it, somebody always stepped up and, and did it. And, um, and then when when coach went to Utah State and and Joe came, yeah, I remember the the first day, um, and it was one of Joe's many many talents is his ability to to learn names and recall people's names. And I was late to the first um, the first meeting that that we ever did uh, with with Coach Glenn after he was hired and he was going through the meeting room and he was sitting down without a note or anything and walking you know up and down and picking out each guy and and knew their name already had studied it had it doesn't take him long he's got a, a phenomenal uh, gift for that and um, it, it was just one of those deals where you know the excitement and the the energy that that Joe brought to the program. As as everybody soon found out, um, you know, w- was just a, another level. It was just it was crazy. It seems like just yesterday and a lifetime ago that the University of Montana last claimed a football national championship. Twenty years ago, the Grizz rolled to their second national title in seven years behind a Montana-made roster featuring some of the most memorable figures in the history of the Grizz. While much has changed with the Montana program and much has changed about Missoula, the one thing that hasn't changed is the trust folks around Montana can have in First Security Bank. First Security Bank has long been one of the fiercest supporters of the University of Montana and its awesome sports teams. And First Security Bank is proud to support Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Champions, a 20-part podcast series with interviews and memories from that unforgettable run by the Grizz two decades ago. First Security Bank, proud supporters, ESPN Missoula and the Grizz Greats podcast series. Pretty outstanding run of quarterbacks in the time preceding you. Dave Dickinson, like you mentioned, a guy that everybody in Montana kind of looked up to. But then Brian Ayat, a guy that was just outstanding, unbelievable thrower of the football. And then Drew Miller, one of the great arm talents the Grizzlies have ever had, quite frankly. So what do you remember about looking up to those guys and the standard that they set for you at the quarterback position? Oh, for sure. You know, and, and you know, in, in terms of, you know, offense, by the time that I really got there that that had changed I mean we were still running the high octane offense when I was a, a freshman that I was was running and you know throwing the ball 45 times a, a game and, and that kind of thing and and you know as we as, as we transitioned out of that um, it, it, the offense and the philosophy was just so much different you know coach Glenn his philosophy was that we get a really really solid defense and your job as a quarterback is not to turn it over and, and don't screw up and uh, and hand the ball off. And, and and I really learned that from, you know, Drew was um, – Drew had a had – a, does have a phenomenal football IQ. And you're, and you're right when you say his, his throwing ability. Um, I, I've never seen a guy to be able to – to accurately place the ball where he placed it all over the field. It was it was just incredible. And and we're so lucky that we had Drew because we had a – you know, when we 
when when Brian graduated, we just we didn't we had really young quarterbacks like myself and and Nick, and I think without Drew coming in, we would have um, we wouldn't have any of the success that that we did. So I learned a, a lot from Drew. Um, it was frustrating to watch a guy that could sit there and put the ball exactly where he wanted to go. And, uh, and no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do the same. And uh, so, but uh, no, I learned, a, learned a ton and uh, you know, just the philosophy of the game and the way we did it. I mean, that's how we won the national championship was we had a phenomenal defense and we had a guy named Johansi Humphrey and uh, a great offensive line and control the ball and, and don't turn it over and, and let your defense uh, do it and, and let the O-line and, and Johansi do it. So um, certainly learned a lot from those guys, but, you know, the the whole philosophy really changed from, you know, 95, 96, uh, 97 uh, until Joe got there where we, uh, we changed the offense. When Drew Miller graduated, then a quarterback competition, and these are always fun to cover uh, from a media perspective, but uh, what do you remember about sort of your mentality coming into that, and, and what do you remember just about the quarterback competition in general as you kind of transition then into the 21st century? Yeah, no, and it's, uh, well, uh, the, the coaches went out and, and got Brandon Neal, uh, to, who, of course, I played against at, at CMR, who had uh, Brandon Nagan and, and played at Wyoming, and it was the it was the best move that, uh, you know, at, at first you kind of thought uh, for for a minute that it, you know, hey, this is you know my job. I've been here, and the, you know, supposed to have it. But uh, clearly, the the coaches knew exactly what you need. And, and, and Brandon was a was a fabulous quarterback, and it ended up. I mean, so one of the other reasons that we we even won the national championship is that uh, we we needed two quarterbacks that were that were solid, and um, and that's what we had. I mean, guys get hurt. I got hurt. Brandon came in off the bench uh, a number of times with phenomenal performances. And I think if we didn't have, uh, you know, if we didn't have that, um, we wouldn't have got as, as far as we did. And, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, you watch the FBS national championships and, and the playoffs and stuff, you know, those, those teams really only play eight to, to 10 games. When you were going through those stretches of, you know, playing four playoff games uh, to include the, the national championship two years ago. I mean, there's 16 game seasons and, um, you know, they're, they're brutal on you physically. So uh, the coaches were, were spot on in the fact that we needed two solid dudes to, to do it. And that's, you know, ended up being what it took. So um, competition brings out the best in everybody. And, uh, you know, there was, there was never a moment where you thought you could, you know, take it, take a day off or anything like that. Cause you know, your job's in, in jeopardy. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's tough at time. It, it takes, um, when those competitions are hot and heavy like that, you know, it takes, um, you gotta be respectful of one another. And, and Brandon and I always were, and we could, you know, we could talk and even if we were in, in a heated competition, we sat next to each other in the locker room and, and we shared ideas and we, you know, we, we studied plays together and so on and so forth. So um, while it can be uncomfortable at times, it really did bring out the best in us. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Growing up in Missoula and going to games my whole life, it's always so interesting to me too because Grizz fans are no question among the most dedicated and passionate and obsessed and all of that. But also, it seems like there's everybody in Missoula always loves the quarterback competition and there's always a lot of fanfare for the guy who's the number two quarterback. We've seen it all the way since Dave Dickinson was the number two guy behind Burt Wilberger back in the day. But I mean, all the way through. And even now, right now, I know that uh, Montana's got a great, talented redshirt freshman and Chris Brown, a kid from Bozeman. He he always shows flashes and people are always like, well, man, what, what if he's pushing Cam Humphrey? <laughs> but just that dynamic, you know, being in Missoula, being a part of Grizz Nation and, and just hearing all the chatter, people love to analyze it. They love to play armchair quarterback themselves. So what was that dynamic like for you when you're in the midst of all that? Uh, I mean, hilarious. I mean, I, I, I 
you know, I, I had the opportunity when I was backing up Drew and Drew went through some injuries where, you know, he was getting flack and, and they all wanted, and I'd come in and, and, and played, you know, in, in uh, the backup role had played okay in a couple of games. And, and so I, I saw that. And then at the same time when uh, Brandon came in and I would have bad games and uh, I, I've told my son, uh, hey, don't get, don't get down about it, man. I've had 20,000 people boo you. So um, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not that big a deal, but uh, yeah. You know, and, and that is, that's, that's tradition there. And uh, it's the way it is. You got to have thick skin and, um, and you really do. I mean, it's all for the betterment of, of your team. And if you don't have strong play like that, um, yeah, I, I truly believe that, you know, if, if you don't have good competition and good backup, you're going to have trouble getting uh, through a, a season, uh, you know, with, with injuries and, and what have you. Well, let's talk about the 2000 season because you mentioned you guys made the run all the way to the national championship game, come up just short, but that was the expectation at that time. And Montana has had high and lofty expectations as a program ever since the Don Reed years. That moment, the 2000 qualification for the national championship game, the, the third national title game in six seasons for the Grizzlies. But you fall just short to a Georgia Southern team that was unbelievable. Uh, that was pinnacle of their run as the dominant program in the Division One AA at time and now the FCS. What did you remember about that 2000 season and how how much do you think that and just coming up just short in the national championship game started to set the stage for then what was a great run in 2001? It, I mean, it was, it was huge for us in, in, in that we were, you know, we, we did come up just so, so short. And, and I've, um, I've gone back and, and watched that game for, for probably 20 years. But, um, you know, we, we did lose some real key seniors that year that, that were so critical uh, to that run, Jimmy Ferris, you know, and, and guys like that that were that were so phenomenal and, uh, and and did so much for that that program that you know I think walking off that field and, and Drew uh, had suffered a, a number of injuries uh, that year and he was off and on uh, in his ability to to play and, and uh, got got hurt in the national championship uh, uh, you know that that year which obviously hurt our our chances uh, for that game. But I mean, it, it was pretty clear when that game was over that, you know, we knew exactly what, what we were going to do and where we were going to go and how we were going to do it. And uh, that uh, 2001 senior class with, um, you know, all the offensive linemen and, uh, you know, TJ Okers and Vinny Huntsberger and, and, and those guys, that was a, just a phenomenal senior class. And, and I mean, it was, it, it was, it was clear when we got back to Missoula that we're go- we're going back there and and we're going to put in the work to get there. One dynamic that's interesting too that maybe people don't remember quite as much is the fact that there were so many different offensive coordinators and different offensive minds. Mick Denny, he had been the offensive coordinator for Don Reed and then took over as the head coach. And then I know when you first got there, I can't remember the exact order, but I think that Ron Richards and Bob Cole and then yep. then Billy Cockhill, a bunch of different offensive minds. So a lot of times that sort of tumultuous offensive overturn can be detrimental, but it seems like you guys embraced it and sort of embraced the different teachers and the different learning points. So how were you able to navigate having a bunch of different offensive influences leading up to then uh, that 2001 season yeah it, it, and it was interesting you know Bob Cole was a was an absolute mastermind and you know I always loved it he would uh, he'd go in there and, and study film for you know hours upon hours on end and then usually around Tuesday afternoon you know he'd kind of pop out and be like okay I figured it out I got him and, uh, and that, that was always cool to me you know you, you, you had confidence that you know, he had he had figured out what he needed to figure out, and and, and he'd have uh, he'd have it done by usually Tuesday or Wednesday. He'd, he'd have it figured out, and and what plays we were going to run, and what was going to be good, and what was going to be bad, and and then uh, when uh, you know Ron Richards came, and uh, we struggled against Hofstra that that's that first game, and uh, uh, and and then he and, and Coach Cockhill started to, to share the the play play calling and and it was really more I think you know in terms of of how uh, Coach Glenn thought about uh, the game you know and he was he was all about special teams and like I mentioned earlier he was about run the football you know, as a quarterback don't turn it over and and have a really really solid defense and 
you know, that's kind of the old school philosophy, but uh, it's it's really what, what took us to the success we had, and we, we executed it well. Losing that game to Georgia Southern, how did that set the stage? What do you remember about the offseason leading into 2001? Um, I mean, and I don't mean to, to, to sound like um, – like like we we knew that we were going to get back there, but it it it, it was the it was the it was the expectation that we were going to go back and, and win it. We'd been there. We'd just coming up short, and uh, the off season was intense. The um, the drive was there. The leadership was there. Um, it, it really was a it, it it was not going to be. Um, a successful season if we didn't get back to the, the national championship. And that's, that's exactly what we all expected of each other. And, and uh, we were you know, fortunate enough to, to actually get there and then this time get it past the, the offensive line from that squad. There was a great picture that was posted uh, when I was rewatching this game, uh, and it, of Chad Germer and, and the offensive line, and, and those guys, all five of the starters, all Montana born and bred, all guys that were have that Montana toughness, that Montana work ethic. But that had to give you a lot of confidence coming into that year as well, just the fact that you had so many great returners, and you'd seen some guys like Dylan McFarland flash as young guys, but also guys like Thatcher Slade, just the most intense guys that's ever played for the Grizz. So remember about that offensive front, how much confidence did that give you, and knowing that those are going to be the guys that protect you yeah un- unbelievable um and, and and given the combo with Johansi and and those guys it, it truly was um it was something to watch and it, you know it's it's still i still remember to this day standing in that huddle looking at him and you had six five six six you know they're all 300 pounds and and uh it, it was that is the reason that that we got back there and that at uh that leadership with Thatcher and, and, you know, he, he set the tone of what it was to be an offensive lineman and, and how we were going to behave and, and how they we were going to play the game. And, uh, and, and his intensity and his athleticism was, was just, you know, second to none. And, and the rest of those guys, you know, followed suit and, you know, it was fun to, you know, Brian Pelk and, and I roomed together as freshmen and, and watch, uh, you know, Brian still, I've never, I've never seen another offensive lineman that had the ability to to pull from the center position and uh, and lead block downfield. I, I still don't see that play being ran uh, just because you don't have guys that are that athletic to do it. So, you know, they were they're the heart and soul of your offense, and and given the guys we had and the and the running backs we had, it was uh, it was obviously a pretty magical combination. Pretty stellar run through the regular season that year with a bunch of outstanding victories. But there, is there any that stick out to you? Is any particular games from the 2001 regular season that you remember? Yeah, you know, one of them, uh, one of them was Eastern Washington. In uh, it was an overtime win in Missoula, and uh, we had had uh, it, was, it was it was a great battle and uh, ended up winning on a, on a on a fade touchdown pass to Atu Molden in the uh, in the north end zone. There, there was a you know, one of those games that probably would have changed the season if we didn't win it. And, um, and you know, you got it down and you're in overtime and it's a, it's a game of inches. And, and uh, I, I do remember that. And, uh, you know, the other, the other thing, obviously that was September 11, we were scheduled to play uh, that week. We we're scheduled to play Idaho and they, they actually filled that game in at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, nobody was really happy about playing that game because it, it really had no impact on our playoff situation, our, uh, our regular season. And Idaho was a good opponent, but uh, that was an overtime game that we won as well. I think helped us kind of go into the playoffs. Do I remember it right that that came after the Bobcat game? Yeah. Yep. So basically exactly. costs you your bye weeks and you have to go play an FBS team who's also a rival and a former Big Sky Conference member. That's wild to think about because I remember when the game had gotten moved from September 11th, but crazy to think that the, then you have to go play an FBS team right on the brink of the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I, exactly. And I mean, that was our that was our thought too. It was like, well, do we have to play this? I mean, you know, let, give us a give us a week off and uh, and, and let it go. But uh, yeah, and, and, and it, was, it was great competition. I mean, those games, the, we had a... I think we had three years uh, with Idaho. We beat them every year, but uh, e- each game was was excellent. They were all very good games. Uh, the year before, uh, Drew Miller throwing for 550 yards and five touchdowns or something like that um, over Washington State Stadium, and and uh, no, they were always good games. But yeah, that was a tough one to swallow to say, hey, here's your 
here's your bye week and, and fill it in with them. But, uh, but I, you know, we, we just kept rocking and, and, and that, that team was resilient. There's no question. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. I always make sure to ask everybody about the rivalry game because that's always one that is unforgettable no matter what the result. Uh, but at that moment in time, Montana was absolutely dominant in the rivalry. 15 wins in a row coming into that 2001 Bobcat Grizz game in Bozeman. So what do you remember about the week leading up to that game? And uh, you never want to say a foregone conclusion for a rivalry game, but you guys had the Bobcats number for quite some time at that moment in time. Yeah, yeah, we did. And, you know, that was, it's always a fun week. And uh, it's a, it's an intense week. And like I had mentioned earlier with the guys that, uh, you know, played against my high school teammates or, or now against you on the other side of the field. And, and that was a fun win in, in Bozeman. And, uh, you know, we were, uh, again, we were just, we were playing pretty good at the time. And, uh, and we went down and, and it was still a very competitive game and, and certainly not, uh, you know, nobody, nobody ever takes that game for granted. And, uh, and if you do, you're going to get stung. But um, but we were able to get out of out of Bozeman with the victory that year, and and uh, and keep it rolling. You know, at that point in time, we've been played a lot of games and uh, and haven't haven't lost any other than to to Hawaii when we we played Hawaii out in in Maui. Then you get into the playoffs, number one overall seed. There's a lot of parallels between Montana's 95 run in the national championship and this 2000 run. We had a couple teams from the south coming to Washington Grizzly Stadium, and during the playoffs, that seems to never go well for the visitors from the south. Southern teams coming to Washington Grizzly Stadium. Seems like it's a distinct disadvantage, particularly when it's in December, playing outside, it's cold, but also Grizz fans seem to be even more rocking when you know they, they have to drink a little hot cocoa, maybe a little schnapps in there, keep themselves warm for the playoffs. What do you, what do you remember about those games early on at Washington Grizzly Stadium and those Southland teams that had to come to Missoula to, to take you guys on? Oh, I mean, I think it's difficult for anybody, to be honest with you, just because uh, at, at our level, you just don't see those kind of stadiums where you have to deal with that um, from these other teams that, that we generally play. And so um, I think it's difficult, uh, period. And then you add, you know, playoffs in Missoula, like you say, with the weather and the atmosphere, um, you know, nobody's prepared for that and it's almost impossible to prepare for it. And it's such an advantage. Um, you know, you, you watch it. Uh, you, we have not had the Grizz have not had great success in the playoffs when they've had to go on the road and do it. And you look at the success when they, when they have the, the home field advantage, uh, they've, they've rolled through the playoffs. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of those teams, I mean, go back to your 95 team, like you were saying, I mean, some of those games were, some of those playoff games were 60 to zero. Um, and, and we rolled um, a number of teams in those playoffs by big margins, just because it's so hard for them to get, you know, and if you get off to a, a quick start, um, you know, it starts to, the momentum just, it just crushes them with that fan base and, and that stadium. The semifinal game, Northern Iowa, 38 to nothing, an unbelievable effort, and then all of a sudden you're heading back to Chattanooga, Tennessee. The game week leading up, probably a, a lot of hype, but also probably a lot of business-like attitudes because you guys had been there before. A vast majority of that team had experienced this before. So what do you remember just about the preparation leading up to the national championship game? Uh, it was huge, you know, a huge benefit to have done it the year before. So, you know, we knew what, what to expect. We knew what to to look for and not pay attention to and, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it was, it was all business. It was a, um, the, the attitude was, you know, we're not happy just to be back. Um, we, we have to, we have to come back and, and win this thing. And one of the good things was it wasn't raining in Chattanooga like it was in 2000. It was one of the, the hardest conditions to, to play in that I, that I played in. I mean, the cold and, and all of that stuff. I mean, it, it was, the, the raindrops down there were, were unbelievable and it was cold and that field was miserable. So it was a, a much added benefit to have decent weather, but no, it was, a, it was a business trip and, and, you know, our goal was, was clear just, just to win. 
And Montez defense probably could have played any better in that game against Furman in Chattanooga, December 21st of 2001. The Grizzlies did not give up touchdown or any points whatsoever until the very last play of the game. What do you remember about just the action throughout? Was it tense? The fact that you guys were sort of clinging to a lead even though the defense was pitching a shutout? Or what do you remember just about the way you guys were able to execute that afternoon? Yeah, it took it, you know, the, me personally, I, you know, I, I know that I, I started the game. I was, I was, I was anxious and, and a little tight and, and wasn't quite, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you really you have to take care of the football and, and, you know, sometimes when you're trying to, uh, to play safe, uh, your, your hesitation, um, you know, you don't play loose, you, you don't play that well. So it took me, I know it took me a couple series before I really felt comfortable in that game, but, um, you know, Leave it to to you know Hansi and and those guys that uh, that as soon as we kind of cruised into the second quarter things got better and and we started throwing the ball a little bit better but uh, yeah we had some some missed opportunities that um, had us a little bit nervous and the fact that of course we could rely on our defense and you know Trey Young and and Vinny and those guys uh, you know Vinny's uh, interception that, that sealed the deal and uh, it. it it, it was clear to me in the first quarter that everybody was playing a little tight, but once we um, once we got it together and and started rolling, we, you know, we, again we we always had we always had confidence, and uh, the fact we were able to put some points on the board, we were a little disappointed in the fact that we didn't have more. But uh, at the end of the day, it's all we needed. It seems like just yesterday and a lifetime ago that the University of Montana last claimed a football national championship. 20 years ago, the Grizz rolled to their second national title in seven years behind a Montana-made roster featuring some of the most memorable figures in the history of the Grizz. While much has changed with the Montana program and much has changed about Missoula, the one thing that hasn't changed is the trust folks around Montana can have in First Security Bank. First Security Bank has long been one of the fiercest supporters of the University of Montana and its awesome sports teams. And First Security Bank is proud to support Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Champions, a 20-part podcast series with interviews and memories from that unforgettable run by the Grizz two decades ago. First Security Bank, proud supporters, ESPN Missoula and the Grizz Greats podcast series. Well, we talked about the offensive line. You mentioned Johansi Humphreys a couple times here and also Otto Molden. Those guys were a couple of my favorite guys when I was growing up and watching you guys uh, when I was in high school. Just start with Yo. I mean, he is one of the great players in Grizz history, period. But what made him special? His ability to move laterally it was, it was just insane. He wasn't the world's fastest guy. Um, you know, if he broke it, he probably wasn't going to you know, break it for a, for a 75-yarder, but his ability to move between the tackles laterally is still one of the most unbelievable things I could ever you know, witness at the, the, a lot of the times, I mean, you'd hand the ball off and, and turn around and watch him do a jump cut that you're just like, how did that happen? And, and he, he never got hit directly um, square by anybody. He, he always, he, he always had the ability to, to at least, you know, make him make him hit him on the side or, or wherever. He never took a, a direct shot and you know that allowed him to always fall forward and um, so he, you don't you didn't see him lose yards and Atu, what a character. I remember I was growing up in Missoula with Colt Palmer's cousins. They were a couple of my best friends, and I remember mm-hmm. Colt was a, a freshman on that team. But we used to go to practice, and I remember Atu, he'd have his dog there sometimes. I've caught up with him since, since his career's been over. He's been on my show a couple times as well. Uh, but just such a funny, fun-loving guy and such a unique character, but also a tremendous player as well. Yeah, a character for sure. I that dog's name Doja, or I can't remember what what its name was, but yeah, it would it would hang out on the on the sidelines during practice, and you know you, you know you're good when you're the only guy that can bring a dog to practice, and uh, the coaches are okay with it, and you um, know and then the, the guy was such a unique talent, and and still had one of the he is one of the best competitors that I that I ever ever imagined uh, being around, and I ever witnessed being around his his level of and he was he was a pretty chill guy, but um, when he got on the football field, uh, his his level of competition always went up, and, and he he expected it out of himself, and he expected it out of everybody else, and um, he just brought a, a a very unique presence to him, and uh, we would have we would have never never won a national championship uh, without Otto Molden. There's no question. 
We guys take care of business. You post a 13 to 6 victory over Furman, and you're the national champions. You are the kings of the Division One AA football world. The second national title in seven seasons for Montana. That was sort of the thing that thrust the Grizzlies into the stratosphere, and then Montana was basically unbeatable. Besides, basically the national championship game for the next 10 years. But what do you remember about the aftermath of all that? What was it like uh, coming back? I know you guys didn't come back on a charter like the '95 team. You guys actually stayed there in Chattanooga. So what do you remember about the after party? Yeah, it was an absolute blast, and uh, we, we did exactly what you'd probably think we did, and uh, and, and we had a we had a ball with with each other, and and uh, and I, I still remember as the clock was winding down, and looking at at uh, T.J. Oakers on the sidelines, I was like, oh man, shit, this is really gonna happen, um, and, uh, and and it did, and and we we went out and had a ball and. And we did it. Uh, we did it right. We did it right when we got back to Missoula as well. And for a, for a couple of days, that was a great. Uh, it was a great winter break. I can I can promise you that. When you got a national championship ring, I guess I know you guys didn't quite have your rings right away, but I mean, when you are the national champs, people know it, and it's a town like Missoula where everybody just lives and breathes. Chris Foot walking into the Mo Club for the first time, walking into Stocks for the first time. That must have been so fun. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was surreal and, uh, you know, proud to bring that back, uh, to, uh, to Missoula. And, uh, you know, we, we have such great support in that town that, uh, uh, we, we just, you know, I truly felt, you know, prideful to be able to bring it back and, and, uh, accomplish the same thing that the 95 team had done. And, uh, and, uh, I think they're on their way back of, of getting themselves back in position to, to, to be in that game again. We'll get you out of here on that then, because it is interesting to think about. I think if you would have told people back then, you know, coming into like your senior year in 2002, that Montana would then go 20 years without a national championship, that th- that would be the last one for the Grizzlies to this point as we sit here today and talk up Grizz football. Have you, Gabriel, put into perspective just what that championship has meant? And, and has that changed as time has gone on? Because it is sort of crazy that Montana has not won another one since then. Yeah, it is. And, and you know what? The, the times that I, the rare times that I do reflect on it, 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 it just shows you how difficult it is to get there and to get the game won. I mean, Coach Houck went back what two more times and and just barely came up short. And um, it, you know, it's so much stuff has to happen um, and and has to go right to to get there. And um, you know, honestly, you have to rely on a little bit of luck at some point in time uh, to to get you there, and then to get the game won. And uh, uh, I would have never thought it would take uh, or be 20 years. And and I'm sorry that it's uh, that it has been, and I hope that 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 ends soon. But um, yeah, it it, it just uh, everything has to has to go right, and um, it it takes it takes the ball bouncing your way a, a couple of different times. When you think back on those memories, though, I mean, what, what are your definitive memories, or what is just your sort of definitive identity of, of what that year and, and that run and, and meant for you, your teammates, and everybody involved with Grizz football? You know, when I think back on it, um, I, I, I take pride in the fact that as, you know, relatively young men, we were able to look at what it was in 2000 and get 100 guys going in the same direction to get back there and win it the next year. To, to me, that's one of the things that really um, is significant is to get that many people on the same page and get going from, you know, everybody moving to one goal and, uh, and putting in the, the time and the effort and uh, off season and everything that's required. Um, th- that to me is exceptional. Well, then, last question for you, John. What did you take from your time at the University of Montana? It is such a profound experience to be able to have that much success, to learn how to win at such a young age, to learn the teamwork and chemistry and continuity that it takes to have a run like that. How do you think your time at the Grizzlies overall, but particularly that national championship run, set the stage for the rest of your life? Uh, I think it's, uh, and I, I, I tell my kids this all the time,
Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champion Grizzlies. John Edwards, the quarterback of that team. John, it's been a distinct pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you for everything you've given us here today. Thanks so much. Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. It seems like just yesterday and a lifetime ago that the University of Montana last claimed a football national championship. 20 years ago, the Grizz rolled to their second national title in seven years behind a Montana-made roster featuring some of the most memorable figures in the history of the Grizz. While much has changed with the Montana program and much has changed about Missoula, the one thing that hasn't changed is the trust folks around Montana can have in First Security Bank. First Security Bank has long been one of the fiercest supporters of the University of Montana and its awesome sports teams. And First Security Bank is proud to support Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Champions, a 20-part podcast series with interviews and memories from that unforgettable run by the Grizz two decades ago. First Security Bank, proud supporters, ESPN Missoula and the Grizz Greats podcast series.